Again, it's just an awesome morning to be here and uh, look out and see your faces and get to be here together and worship our Lord. It's fun to celebrate, isn't it? It is fun to celebrate. Again, Ron and I had the opportunity last night to go to the prom. She had never said yes to a prom with me before. Last year, we, 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 we could have gone, but she chose Florida, so I went alone. <laughs> but this year, she, uh, she got to go with me. And last night at the prom, man, everybody was dressed up, dancing. The music was awesome. Um, yeah, we had a little influence on the music here, I believe, in a little set. But, but man, it was awesome. Man, the, the kids were dressed up. They were dancing. They were having fun. I might have danced a little bit. I know I had fun. They had this cheesecake bar. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, little cheesecakes, lots of chocolate and strawberries. It was a celebration. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I mean, it was a celebration. What a great time. Again, the kids had a good time, but I know the adults who were there also had a good time. Afterwards, we, had, we, we got to help clean up, too. We had a good time doing that. So everything about the night was just wonderful. You might even say it was extravagant. You might even say it was extravagant. This morning, uh, I'm going to talk about some extravagance. Extravagant worship. Last week I talked about the prodigal son and how he lived extravagantly, which means wasteful in, in, in that context. But I'm going to talk about extravagance in a good way in just a second. I'm going to start out by reading Scripture. And it comes from John 12 and it's verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There he gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus, Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was in it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for this opportunity to stand here, Lord, and proclaim your, your word. Lord, I just pray that as we, as we study the scripture, Lord, that, uh, that your words flow through me. The folks here and the folks that may be listening online, Lord, they receive the message that, that you intend for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Extravagant worship. Again, the word extravagant 
is defined by spending too much, spending excessively and wastefully, beyond the reasonable amount, an unreasonably high price, an unreasonable cost. That's what their word extravagant means, according to the dictionary. And again, last week we talked about the prodigal son going away and spending extravagantly. This morning we're going to focus, we're going to focus on extravagance in a different way. Again, we can all be extravagant. I know I can. Certain times there's things that I like. There's, I enjoyed last night. I enjoyed the extravagance of last night and just the celebration. I enjoy uh, other types of extravagance. But in that same way, uh, sometimes we look at, you know, I've seen some weddings where they were extravagant. I've enjoyed them. And there's nothing wrong with a lot of it, but, you know, sometimes we can go overboard on certain things. Wedding is a celebration. I love to be a part of a wedding. I mean, it is awesome to have that uh, worship service when two people are joining. There's nothing better. That is definitely a celebration. We should show some extravagance there. But, you know, paying $250,000 for a car, I, I can't see that. I like cars. I do. Um, but there's other ways. We, we're all extravagant in different ways. I, I waste things. Amen. But again, this morning, I want to shift gears. And instead of talking about extravagance in a negative way, I want to talk about it in a personal and positive way and, and the way that we should express our love for, for Jesus Christ. We should be extravagant in that. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. You see, I'm going to take a few minutes just to look back at this scene. Talk about Martha, Mary, Lazarus. And how some extravagant worship took place and why. But if you look at that scripture, it says that Mary broke a box of ointment. In other words, in Mark, she actually broke the box. It actually describes her breaking the box. And the ointment was valued at about 300 denarii. And again, I don't mean to talk about price here, but I'm just talking about extravagance. I mean, but that's almost a year's salary. You know, so if you can imagine how much that cost, it was expensive. But she, she broke it, and she started anointing Jesus with it. But this, um, the things that go into this perfume, actually, it grew in India, and it was very rare as why it was so expensive. You see, people were forced to save money their whole life just to have enough to be buried with. Because it was custom to anoint the dead. So they saved their whole life just to have enough to anoint themselves with. And all of a sudden she is wasting, in a lot of the disciples' eyes, in Judas' eyes, she's wasting this money. She's wasting this perfume that should be used later and the money should have been used for something else. And the significance of her breaking the jar is in, in, in tradition then... If an important person ate at your table, a lot of times the glass would be broken, so nobody else would drink from it. The other significance, again, is that uh, 
Anointment happened to the people that died. Before they were buried, they were anointed. You see, after the deceased was washed, it was anointed before it was put in the tomb. You see, regardless of the reason that Mary did it, or the reason that other people think Mary did it, she did it purely out of love, purely out, purely out of adoration. You see, Mary, Mary gave everything she possessed to the Lord. She was extravagant in her worship. She was extravagant in her love. And I wonder sometimes, have we broken the jar of our life and poured it out on ourselves? Poured it on ourselves and on ourselves, every drop of it because of our love and adoration for Him. Have we sacrificed for Him? Have we sacrificed to worship Him? You see, I think the thought occupied Paul's mind in 2 Timothy 4.8 as he was looking at his own death. You see, we should look at our lives and ask ourselves if we've given everything we have to Him. And again, I'm not talking about physical monetary things, but all of our spiritual, all of our energy, all of our spiritual uh, energy have we given to serving our Lord and Savior, to worshiping our Lord, Lord and Savior. You see, Mary gave all she had. Mark 14, 8 says she has done what she could. Have we placed everything we are on the altar for Him? Have we given everything we possess to serving Him? You see, Mary expressed her worship in an extravagant way. Back in this day, people didn't sit around the table like we do today. The tables were really low, and they kind of lounged around the table. And for her to anoint him, she probably got next to him, was on her knees, and started anointing his head. You see, this is a great statement. It's a statement of surrender. She's surrendering everything she has to worship him. By kneeling him and anointing him, kneeling at him and anointing him, she was declaring her faith in the Messiah. Her selfless act of love and worship, Mary was making a tremendous statement in who she believed Jesus was. You see, there were four classes of people in that day who were anointed. Those four classes of people were kings. Priests, prophets, and the dead. Those are the folks who were anointed. And I believe by her act of worship, Mary was acknowledging Jesus as being all, all four of these. He was the king of kings. Or he is the king of kings. He is the king of kings. He is the great high priest. He is a prophet. He was dead, but now he's alive. That's why, that's why Mary anointed Jesus. It was her love and adoration, knowing who Jesus was. That's why she gave all she had. That's why she put herself in the place of a slave in order to serve the King of Kings, the great high priest, the great prophet, the Savior of the world. That's why she did it. 
See, Mary was more in touch with Jesus at that moment than his own disciples. She was more in touch with who Jesus really was than the guys walking around with him. She believed, she knew that he was about to die. See, I don't know if they did. You see, apparently she knew that his body was not going to be available to anoint after his death. So she wanted to do it. She wanted to take care of it. See, there's no doubt that her faith allowed her to see beyond the cross and the tomb and know that he was going to be resurrected. You see, she absolutely surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. Her humility is on display in a couple of profound ways. Again, she took the place of a common slave. She didn't care what others thought. She didn't care about their gasp, their states, their ridicule. She didn't care what other people thought. She was worshiping her Lord and Savior. That's all that was on her mind. What about us? Are we willing to worship like that? Are we willing to surrender everything we have to Jesus? All of our possessions to further His kingdom. All of our physical powers, all of our spiritual powers. Are we willing to put those in Jesus' hands? And don't get me wrong, that does not mean giving every monetary possession, but it means that, hey, I'm going to take whatever I have You see, I'm limited. I've been blessed with a whole lot, but I'm limited on what I can do with it. Because I'm finite. I am an imperfect person with faults. But when I place what I've been blessed with in the hands of our Lord and Savior, He can make some eternal differences with it. I can't do that. I can do some pretty neat things, but I cannot make an eternal difference. Again, I'm a finite being. But until we surrender... Like Mary surrendered, we don't know what the power of Jesus Christ is. But again, there's a price of surrender. Sometimes when we're that extravagant in our worship, sometimes people look at us a little bit funny. People might start talking about us. We can't listen to that noise. Not when we're worshiping the Lord and, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the person that came and died and rose again for our sins. He deserves a little of our extravagance. Mary also took that moment to make herself a little bit less and to make Jesus more. John 3.30 says there should be less of us and more of Him. We We should become less, He should become greater. By kneeling and anointing Jesus, that's the position she took. Again, I've told you, I remember that verse by less of stace, more of grace. That's the position Mary took as she was worshiping. It wasn't about her. It wasn't about what anybody else was saying. It was about worshiping her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The one that had carried her through, and that's going to carry her through eternity. That's what it was about. It was about him, it wasn't about her. You see, in this scripture, it's easy to read it and see how Mary enlarged the presence of Jesus Christ. She minimized herself and enlarged Jesus. You see, that 
demonstrates the kind of steady progress that should be made in worship every day. Again, when we're worshiping, we should see less of us and more of Him. As we mature in our Christian walk, we should do this better every day. You see, everybody at that table, everybody at that table that day had, had a reason to worship. Everybody at the table had a reason to worship. I'm going to show you a little bit of evidence. As a matter of fact, Lazarus was there. He had just been raised from the dead, but he was not worshiping like Mary. Simon the leper had just been healed of leprosy, but he was not worshiping. The 11 disciples that had experienced the saving touch of Jesus Christ were not worshiping. Judas, in the presence of the one who could save him from his sin, was not worshiping. But then there's Mary. She did what any of others could have, she did what any of the others should have done. Again, she didn't hold back with her worship. She loved the Lord more than she loved anything. And as a result, she engages in profound worship at his feet. She bowed herself before him. She didn't care what anybody else thought. She opened her heart and she surrendered to his mercy. Is your worship, worship, is our worship experience growing deeper in the days to come? Are we walking in his light and enjoying his salvation? Are we working with, are we staying within his power? Are we giving things to him so he can bless them and make them wonderful? Think about all he's done for us. Think about what he, all he's done for us. He's offered us salvation. He gives us his love. He's done everything he's promised us. We should be more like Mary. We should be more like Mary and be willing to fall down at his feet. I've told you before, being an educator, one of my biggest theories is that the more senses I can get involved in teaching children, the better they learn it. If they hear me speak it, yeah, they might remember it. If they read it, eh, they might remember it. If they do something with it, they may remember it. But even think about the smell of the fragrance. As Jesus is using Mary to teach the disciples this lesson, think about the smell in the room. Think about some of your vivid memories in life. And you can remember the smell, I bet. There are certain things that fade from our memory, but our smell... Our sense of smell is very strong. Jesus also gave us a touch. So when you look at this lesson, he involved all of our senses. Every one of them. You see, we're supposed to worship in spirit and truth. And that should be extravagant. What Jesus did for us. Think about the sacrifice he made. He didn't do it just a little bit, did he? No. What he sacrificed for us was 
very extravagant. When he said that the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I get, come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly, that abundance means more than we need. More than we need. More of the spiritual things that we need is found through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's pretty extravagant to people who don't deserve it, isn't it? Think about the extravagance he spent on us. Think about what he, how he suffered on the cross. Think about the pain. Think about the separation from his father he had never experienced for us. Yeah, I know he's God. He was fully divine, but he's also fully human. He felt the pain that we deserve. If he don't deserve some extravagant worship, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Because I'm telling you, if he's willing to suffer like that for me, I'm ready to surrender everything I have to him. Have you surrendered? Are you willing to surrender? Are you ready to surrender? Are you worshiping him extravagantly? Are you accepting his extra extravagant gifts? And are we taking those and handing them to him and letting him put his perfect grace on them? If you're not, it's not too late to surrender. And we look at surrender as being a weakness. In reality, sometimes it's our strength. Sometimes it's our strength. Sometimes we have to surrender. Many years ago, I actually was a lifeguard. And I've had to pull people out of the water. I've had to pull people out of the river before, and they'll fight you. They'll fight you. They don't realize you're trying to save them. They will fight you. And you can't do anything about it until they surrender. Until they give up and let you take them out of the water. They will. Again, being, surrendering is not a weakness. It's a strength. Are you really willing to surrender and let Jesus take you and save you you are we need to quit fighting we need to quit fighting and start worshiping extravagantly let me pray heavenly father thank you so much for all that you bless us with lord thank you for sending your son thank you for sending your son who loves us so extravagantly that we cannot even imagine it Lord, He suffered for us. He died, and on the third day, He rose again, Lord. Because He loves us that much. He loves us that extravagantly. Lord, I pray for each person here, each person listening online, that as we go through this week and we continue our lives, Lord, that we learn to worship You in an extravagant manner. Lord, You deserve that type of worship. Help me surrender. Hand everything to you. And just bow down at your feet. In Jesus' name, amen.